Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I am here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. Pastor Todd. Hello. And Tara Matthews. Hello. Tara, glad that you're joining us today on the podcast. Yeah. And really excited. Um, You know, we talked about working out yesterday. Figured maybe here's an opening question. Have you guys ever done any bench presses? What's the most you ever did for a bench press? Did you ever do that before? Maybe not. Maybe that's not your thing. I have, but it has been a long, long time. So I can't even tell you. Um, I, I push Best myself guess. up out of bed every day. I mean, is that count? Oh. okay, all right. That's a good I mean, that's a, that's a lot of weight I'm pushing right there. Gee, <laughs> 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 oh, I wish I knew. I don't really know. It's kind of bad because I don't like keep track of that kind of stuff. I do like like lifting weights. Okay, kind of build the muscles, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Um, I think at one point I was up to like two twenty five, two thirty five. Oh, nice. But then it was like that was like high school college yeah and i kind of just was like yeah food is more important (laughs) i took a class in college like about weightlifting and training just to like make myself do that Mm. so i think i got like a little bit over 100 pounds and that was it so no i don't bench press normally but i think that probably was the most i ever did hey you know you gotta start somewhere right yeah yeah, actually, sneak peek into the sermon, I think, this Sunday. Pastor Jeff was showing me some videos of some different fails, and one of them was a bench press fail oh that he wants to show on Sunday. So don't worry, he's okay, obviously. not going to show anyone. But it, <laughs> he's laughing. I actually don't laugh when I see it. I'm a little like, oh, man. Like, what if it crushes your lungs? <laughs> so like, much weight. I'm like, he's mm. Anyway. There, there is a guy, football player, who, ac- who actually – uh, his trachea got crushed because he didn't have a spot. That's like you need a spotter, guys. Yeah. Yo, yeah. So, uh, well, that's a sneak peek into the sermon. There's some things oh. that you shouldn't do alone. It's like it's like pick up the fork, um, you know, work it out, or like you know, we we have to work out what God's doing, mm-hmm. and then so then the third week's like there are some things you shouldn't do alone though, like yeah. <laughs> maybe bench press. <laughs> so. But also, Pastor Todd, you're back. Last week, um, I know you weren't on the podcast because you were doing stuff with the house, but now you're here and I know you guys are moved in, right? Yeah, we're moved in. Um, I don't want to say that we're settled yet because there's still a lot of opening up boxes and finding stuff that is uh, crazy and uh, very time-consuming. But we're in the process. We're we're painting. Um, I I got the joy of painting paneling, Mm. uh, which... I, when I say joy, I'm lying through my teeth because it's not joyful. <laughs> uh, when we use kills, which is like the heavy-duty primer or whatever that's supposed to stick to anything, and I have to say, it does stick to anything except for the paneling, uh, but it sticks wonderfully to my arm. <laughs> so I, I, it's been like three or four days now, and I still have it all up and down my arm because it just is not washing off. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so that's fun, not fun. But we're there. And I'm very, very happy we are there. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. becoming home quickly. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, the paneling bring you back to the old church. Oh, old it, was, it was actually darker than that. Shoot. Mm-hmm. It was It was dark. It, it, it is dark because there's still one more room we have to whatever. But um, yeah. But yeah, 70s. It actually reminds me of the house of uh, 
my parents' house growing up, we had dark paneling like that. Wow. It was the thing. It was the thing. Yeah. And now it's not. That's what's tough. Nope. Because so uh, you redo it, and then, you know, at some point, uh, 20, 30 years, I guess. I mean, that's a long time. But you're like, this doesn't look good. Yeah, back in 2020, they thought this was cool. Minimal, minimalist design or whatever. Yeah. Like, this looks so plain and boring. Like, yeah, now right it's now, dating. It's, you know, it's right. clean. It looks so great, sharp. I love it. But that's the reality. Like, one of the challenges of owning a home, as I'm learning, that you do stuff and then in a couple more years you're like eh, why'd i do that you know and you redo it or whatever it was like that when we had the condo but even more so as i'm looking at all the stuff they did and i'm like why did they do that yeah you know or why on earth would you put that there you know and i'm sure in 10 years we're gonna be like why did i put that there yeah. <laughs> you know so but anyway it's it's definitely one of those things that we're happy to be in it's a it's definitely a, a blessing and um this begins all new set of expenses. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, true that too. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of work too, they're doing some work. Um, if you're listening, you may not know the door to my office. It's next to the stage in Building B, so mm-hmm. you have to go up two steps and then step down. You can sometimes hit your head. It's like going into the Hobbit hole. If you've ever watched, kind of. It's cute. <laughs> cute. It makes me feel a little it's better a, now. It's a little cozy, I, you know. I do love Lord of the Rings, but uh, yeah. So they're removing the top step right by the door. So there's still one step to go over for the stage, but that's what they're doing right now. So oh. that's exciting. Wow. Which is why yeah, we're recording in a different room than normal. So, but let's, uh, let's talk about the sermon for a little bit. Um, so I preached yesterday and I said, it's always a little tougher for me, like with kind of questions and stuff. So again, what you guys, if you guys have thoughts or you want to take it a certain place, we can, um, or maybe, you know, something crossed your mind, uh, yesterday during the sermon, but we talked about, uh, we're in the series out of the shallows, you know, going deeper in our faith with God. And so pastor Jeff talked about in the first week, taking Peter deeper in his walk and, out into the boat where you have to depend on Jesus. And then um, last week talked about picking up the fork, kind of feeding yourself, not depending on someone else, not being a spiritual infant, um, going deeper in that way. And then so yesterday we talked about working it out, you know, work out what God has worked in, in your life. Um, And Philippians chapter two, so kind of talked about, you can't work out on the couch, calories in versus calories out. Um, I talked about jaws or size. It yeah, can we real, talk about that for a it, second? It is a real product. It's, it's a real ridiculous. product. Because I feel like what a waste of a chewing motion mm-hmm. to be chewing on a rubber ball <laughs> that you don't even get to 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 enjoy, you know, food. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I guess like, you earn your calories. Me, I'll, I'll, earn your chews. Listen, here's the thing. I will gladly exercise my jaw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but... I want something to show for it, and I want food. Uh, you know, I always showed the kids, when my bald head, you can see that my biggest muscles in my entire body are my chewing muscles. <laughs> <laughs> you can see those things moving when I'm chewing. So I, I, I told uh, I told one of the guys who were outside yesterday where you were doing, where you, when you started that, that like, I'm like, I'm so disappointed. It's like such a waste. <laughs> such a waste. <laughs> a waste yeah. of a chewing motion. <laughs> Well, the reward is apparently a better-looking jawline. <laughs> and they had lots of pictures. I couldn't say it didn't work. I was going to be like, this product's fake. I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess people, I guess it works. Man, but I, I'd try it, but I, I don't really care too much about my jawline. I think that's a guy <laughs> thing, right? Would you say? Uh, I think so. I think they so. had pictures of girls, but maybe it's more of a guy thing. Yeah. I think girls have 
a lot of times a more maybe naturally defined jaw yeah. line than guys do maybe. This is 2020. If a girl wants to have it's a true. jaw Hey, line. no shame, no shame. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hey, but if anyone tries it, let us know. There was a girl. Hey, if I were you, Tara, I would be very careful. This is 2020. Women hey, can do I'm, whatever I'm the only want. woman here. So. <laughs> That's right. So advocate, advocate. You can do whatever you want to do, woman. Just speaking of girls and jaw lines, there was just a girl in college that had a, a very defined jaw line. And my friend was just like, yo, she's got the jawline of a goddess. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) You like what you like. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I guess. (laughs) So. (laughs) Man. Yeah. So anyway, I guess I didn't really have any questions about that. Just giving a recap. Jaws are size. You can't work out on the couch. So, um, you know, a deep faith is one that is exercised. We read from Philippians 2. Great pas- passage of scripture. Great chapter. You know, you can read the whole chapter. Um, deep is not a collection of experiences. It's a collection of applied experiences. Christians can be experienced collectors. And so I wanted to ask this to you guys. We just figured we could talk about that for maybe a few minutes. Do you agree or disagree with that idea of deep not just being a collection of experiences or Christians can can be experienced collectors? Do you agree with that? Um you know, maybe why do we do that? Or kind of what are the place of those things? What What are some of the thoughts on that? Like when when you were talking about it yesterday, like the one thing that came to mind is sometimes we get caught up in like chasing after like specific names of people. Like you hear this speaker speaking here, this speaker mm-hmm. speaking here, and I want you know, follow them around. I just want to be close and I want to hear what they're preaching stuff. And that's really what came to mind. Like we can chase after those things. It's not necessarily bad. But sometimes that's the extent of our depth, like you're talking about. And it, it, it doesn't go beyond, okay, now I've taken all this stuff in. Um, yeah, I think people, we tend to be experienced collectors. We tend to like to experience a lot of things. And maybe it's that consumer mentality where I like to take in, take in, take in everything I can because it makes me feel good and it, and it gives me this moment where now I know something I didn't know before, and it's. But like at some point, spiritual hoarding, <laughs> maybe that's another way we can talk about it too. Oh yeah, is like is like a worship disorder. Because worship is supposed to be about us giving and not always taking in, you know. Mm. So it's that same idea though. But yeah, I, people, I think we do tend to do that. Like, give me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I think also like growing up in youth group, um, something that I feel like myself and other people in youth group would constantly go after those like winter retreat, those camp experiences, like those were the moments when we were supposed to really like draw near to God. Um, and God did amazing things. I got called to missions at camp and I saw people get healed at winter retreat and I saw people come to know Jesus at um, convention and all this kinds of stuff. But I remember Pastor Jamal would always just like enforce and remind us that like it was in those in-between moments um, when we really... Um, you know, need it to, to chase after the Lord. And it's in those moments of us like being in our quiet time where we can apply like what we're reading in scripture and be able to like use those experiences with the Lord that sometimes like can endure more. And so I think that I would always like collect all these experiences from all these big events, but, but ultimately like it's those smaller times that were, were more applicable for me to like input those into practice, what God's teaching me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, my thought kind of goes along with what you were saying, Pastor Todd. Uh, we can make an idol out of things. Mm-hmm. but I think you can actually make an idol out of both of these, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can make an idol out of 
um, you know, collecting experiences. Uh, you can make an idol out of applied experiences in the sense that, you know, you can say to other people, well, see, look, I, I get off the couch. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's, yeah. that's great. But if your disposition towards other people is condescending, you know, you, you know, you can make that into an idol too and i think that you just got to be careful in that regards as well but i agree with what you're saying pastor todd and then what pastor matt said in the message you know what you know what what sense does it make to have these things but you're not applying them Mm -hmm. um you know you 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 miss out in that regards if you're not letting your faith be fleshed out in that way in that regard yeah um a couple thoughts uh, from what you were saying, Tara, about like winter retreat and stuff. You're you're totally right. Um, and actually, in youth group one year, I did after winter retreat, I did a series called "Take It to Go." Mm-hmm. But that was the idea: is like, hey, you really felt like you experienced God at winter retreat. That's great because God moves in those moments. But I was like, so take it to go now. Like, it, you don't have to leave it there. You don't have to wait yeah. till next year. Um, and then even what you just said, Pastor Noel, that's a great point. And I think about like sometimes I think about this like. Um, when Jesus was like teaching, I guess he gave an example of like a man who went, I remember if it was a Pharisee or whatever, but he was praying and he was like, God, I just thank you so much that I'm not like this sinner. But then the sinner said, God, I'm, you know, I'm sinner before you who was more justified. I always think of that. And sometimes, yeah, you have to watch it that you don't Mm -hmm. do that. Oh, um, God, thanks so much that I just don't have all these problems or thanks that, that I'm not like those Christians that are spiritually fat. I'm not like them, God. I, I thanks so much that you do so much through me. It, you know, I think I'm not saying like those thoughts cross my mind or something all the time, but you can not knowingly have that kind of attitude the other way too. You really can. Um, that, that's a really good point. Yeah. Like talking about the camp thing, I think the thing is sometimes like we go and we have these experiences, and I think in the moment there is a little bit of a change that happens. Yeah, you know, for sure. Sometimes there's like that that is is for the day or two or for a week or two or whatever and i and i think that that (coughs) sometimes gives us like a a false sense lulls us into a false sense of security like hey i've had this big change but then as we get farther away from those experience moments sometimes that stuff fades Hmm. and uh that's why i think being aware of like okay i gotta keep putting out you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i have to keep keep um not just for a moment, but I need to make sure that I'm being disciplined and and living out the gospel, you know, to others or, or not just being satisfied with a moment. Um, I think that's an important thing, part of this, too, you know, because sometimes it is like you've had a great weekend and you're like, I'm going to do this differently. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like New Year's resolution. You start out so strong, you know. Um, so that's another part of this I think is important. Like exercise for it to be beneficial has to be something that's ongoing and not just a one-time deal, you mm-hmm. know? So if we want to grow in our spiritual muscles, it's not just about having that moment of experience yeah. and then and then exercising it for a day or two or a week or two, but like being consistent yeah. following that out. Yeah, and, and right, again, you could go the other way. Like, I think I probably myself would tend to de-emphasize experiences. So you want to watch out that you're not allowing God to work or speak mm-hmm. in your life, too. Like, I feel like I've been burned different times of, like, people at the altar or whatever. So, like, I don't want to get emotional in a service or whatever. And sometimes God moves that way, and that's okay. It's just taking it beyond that. 
And that's what's really cool. I always thought, think that about Christianity and then even us as Pentecostals, you know, that we can experience God. It's not um, it's not intellectual only or a belief only, like a mental assertion that God does something in us. But like you said, that we're not just leaving it in that moment or we live for those moments only, you know. And and same thing, like it's not and it's not just experiential. Like if if we can't look at others who are much more um, thoughtful, intellectual about how they go about it and say, oh, well, you're missing something, too, because we need both sides of it. Yeah. You know, because some people like they hear the they hear it and they have to run it over in their mind and they have to wrap their brain around it as much as, you know, you can of talking about infinite things with the finite mind. But you're trying to wrap your brain around it. And sometimes you're like, oh. They're so they, they you know they need the experience of the Holy Spirit, but but maybe it's not one or the other. Maybe it really comes down to which is kind of what you're saying. The it's you need to experience, but you also need to engage your brain. You know, mm-hmm. both of those things yeah. are God given like parts of spirituality. And that may be a possible answer to this, but I did want to ask that too. Like, what if you're somebody, and could be somebody listening too, but like, what if you're somebody who feels like. I'm not sure if I've really experienced God before. Like I'm open. I want to believe like I see people, they say they felt God. I just don't know if I can say, I know what that means. What would you say to somebody like that? Or I don't know. What are your thoughts maybe on that? I'm sorry. I guess that was a little loaded, but I, I was thinking of that. You know, I, I felt like if I, if I were listening, I would have thought that to myself, like maybe you're here and, and, you feel that way, like, well, I don't know. I've, I've been a stepped up at the altar. Nothing happened to me. Uh, you know, I read the Bible. It's old. Uh, I believe it's important. I just doesn't mean anything. Some or, or, or you know, you know what I mean. Like, you just don't. Fe- I don't no, feel like I experienced God. Yeah. I feel like I would have to ask questions mm-hmm. as to like what exactly was their experience to try and uh, understand, and then then I would probably just talk about the way that I've experienced it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wouldn't make it like the standard. I would just say, oh, well, this is how it worked out for me or this is what I understand it to be. Because sometimes in those conversations, um, terminology kind of shifts the perspective of what's being uh, said. And like they could be saying, oh, I've never really experienced God. And what they're really saying is, well, I've never gotten the goosebumps. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, well, yeah, you don't need the goosebumps to have an experience with God, you know. So um, so I would probably that's that's just me. I would probably ask questions first to get a little bit more of an understanding of what they're talking about, get a better picture and then maybe just talk about what I've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm going to college and going not to a um, Assemblies of God college. I went just to a Christian college. Um, It was it was kind of shocking to encounter people that had never experienced God in the quote-unquote like goosebumps way but coming from like a Pentecostal background I feel like it was very common and then you guys can correct me if I'm wrong but that like myself and, and my friends in, in this Assemblies of God world like would feel God in, in more emotional ways whereas like when I went to college there were so many people who um, had this like more like theological outlook and they knew so much about the Bible and that was how they like really kind of experienced God was through learning like you said like through like working their brain 
And I like really wrestled with that because I, mm. I struggled with like really understanding the vi- the Bible and, and like remembering things. I still struggle with memorizing verses. It's like, ah, it's so frustrating. Um, but there is definitely a balance and it's definitely like influential that we, that we know that it's not about just our experiences and these like powerful moments where, you know, we get the goosebumps, but it's about like really knowing the word and yeah. it's my two cents. And I think, too, sometimes we look at the way other people experience and they say, I haven't experienced that, so I haven't experienced God. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like if, if you're in a church where um, during prayer time you see people being slain in the spirit and then you're like, well, I've never been slain in the spirit, so I guess I mm-hmm. haven't really experienced God. Like comparing, comparing usually is not helpful. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what yeah. I mean? Uh, because if we're each uniquely made by God uniquely gifted uniquely uh who we are and not a a a carbon copy of somebody else then the god who knows us personally can we can experience him in a way that's personal to us you know what i mean because uh, um i'm not a shouter (laughs) you know what i mean some people experience god and they shout so I may be like, well, I, I don't understand. Why don't I shout? Like, I don't feel like that impulse. I don't feel like that. So maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I didn't really connect with God. But I don't think that's it. I, I'm not a shouter. Yeah. So for me yeah. to shout would be like, would be maybe God could do that within me. And maybe I'd have that response. But it would be out of character for how God created who I am. So those things are important, too, to realize that how one person has an encounter with God is not necessarily the status quo or becomes the standard for how everyone has an experience with God because God moves in each of us uniquely as we are all unique. Yeah. That's, that's a really good way to put it. Um, and yeah, God will move in us personally. Just if you giving that example of shouting, I'm the same way. So, but one time I was at a, concert and Hillsong was playing and you know just I was so into worship and like so I did I just totally like just shouted but I was like yeah that just didn't feel right like <laughs> <laughs> like you know yeah, I guess it, not that it was wrong but I was like yeah you know this isn't me like <laughs> yeah. but I was like oh I just I want it and I'm like yeah so how do you reconcile and this is a question in in that vein how do you reconcile those passages of scripture that call for you to shout you a know shout of I mean? praise something like that yeah like it, the those yeah psalms verses that are like hey you know israel this should be your disposition here this needs to be your posture in this regards in this moment you know i feel like i i i am more emotional right so yeah those those scriptures are like yeah but at the same time i know that there are times where i need to be silent before the lord Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i feel like you know in that regards even though it's not quote unquote like my natural disposition i see that oh there, there is a balance in this and I'm just curious how how would somebody go about kind of like speaking about those passages of scripture. And the reason why I'm asking is because I remember a specific conversation I overheard with two, a couple people and they were like, well, the Bible says you need to shout. So you need to shout. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, like, I kind of hesitated because I was like, I don't know if that means that they need to shout. I mean, but at the same time, this is what the Bible says in this regards. And is there really like a time to respond that way? Like, like that we're, I say mandated, but like as believers, is there a time to do that? Because I think too, the person was saying, well, like, well, that's not who I am. So I'm not going to do that. 
And I think the other person's position was like, yeah, but is he still worthy of that? And why would you not do that if he's worthy of it? So I understood the tango they were doing a little mm-hmm. bit. So, but I didn't, I mean, I don't have an answer. That's why I was at, that's why I'm asking the question. Like, yeah. how would you reconcile someone saying, well, the scripture says this, therefore we need to be, uh, I think you said, Pastor Todd, open to this or something like, or maybe you worded it differently, but. Yeah, and I mean, to your point, you you said yourself, oh, maybe you may have that more of that disposition, so you have to sometimes see also the scriptures and say, hey, I can be silent before the Lord, so can it be the other way around? Maybe it's easier for me to be silent before the Lord. I, you know, like, like that's a good, that's a great point and a great question. Just weigh in on that. Kind of what it, so I think, first of all, when we read through scripture and it says shouting to the Lord, if we're finding it in Psalms, I don't know that those are always commands, mm. you know, because Psalms is more poetry or whatever. I think there are times w- when there was commands given, like when the when the Israelites were marching around mm-hmm. Jericho. And, and I think and that's one of those places where I would have to really step out of myself mm. to do that and be I mean, we went to go see Elizabeth. Elizabeth had a marching band thing the other the other night and actually she killed it yeah two of you were there <laughs> so good and, yeah. and when out. they announced her as being one of the one of the <laughs> section leaders yo you know everyone shouted we went wild and i was just like yay yeah. i don't shout <laughs> you know what i mean and it's not that i wasn't excited for her, not mm. at all because i did feel emotional well but she did say before she's like when they mentioned my name don't do anything <laughs> I was like, what did she? <laughs> yeah, she told me. She's like, when they say Sorry, my name, Elizabeth. don't, don't, don't shout. And I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, but, but she liked it. <laughs> and so like, but, but then they said her name and, you know, mom was the first. She's like, wow, yeah. my baby. You know, yeah. so I'm like, all right, we following mom's lead. Oh, for sure. Woo! For sure. Elizabeth, right. you know, so. And, and, and like. That's my daughter who I'm in love with all my heart. You know what I mean? And yet shouting was not something that's natural in that moment, (laughs) you know, but that doesn't mean that I don't, I don't know how this is, I don't know how to say this and it not be like weird, but like, I I guess like easily understood. Your love for her is not, not constrained by an expression. Right. And a specific expression, expression. Shouting out vocally doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not shouting out inwardly. Mm -hmm. Do do, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, woo, inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just yelled in the microphone. <laughs> like, <that. laughs> inside, but not necessarily um, being able to express that vocally. You know what I mean? Right, because so if we're, you know, it comes down to it, you would still lay your life on the line for her. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's not, in, you know, like, and you don't need to shout for that to be communicated, right? Like, right. It's not right constrained so, to a specific expression. So I, I, I think it depends, and, and if it's a direct command from mm. God. I think that's different, you know what I mean. Right. Then I think really you force yourself to do that. You yeah. know what I mean. And and I know people would be like, well, if it's a man from God, you shouldn't have to force yourself to do it. But yeah, if it's really uncomfortable, sometimes I have to force myself to do it. Yeah, I think there are commands from God that sometimes you have to force yourself right. to do. It. Right. I think that's fair to say. Tell me about it, man. <laughs> Don't hate your brother in your heart. Oh, I. You know what's great? I never struggle with that. Like, mm. are you kidding me? Uh, no, give me a break. Yeah, I feel like there's been moments like in worship for me specifically where I felt like God specifically was like, you need to kneel in yeah. posture. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, my knees are, it's eight o'clock in the morning. My knees are funky. Like it's, it's, um, it's tough. It's tough. And it's like my 
guess my fleshly reaction is I really don't want to do that. And then immediately, you know, I'm I go into like a regiment of like, is he worthy? Uh, Well, yes. Yes. The, The answer is yes. Therefore, the only option in this moment is to posture myself in that way. There are some days where it's just easy. I'm like, you know, that's nothing. I can, yeah. I can get down on my knees and bow before the Lord. But, I mean, I feel like I've had those moments as well. That th- That's part of the reason why I think I was just asking, like, sometimes how do we reconcile our hearts in those passages of Scripture? But I think Pastor Todd answered that well when he said, like, you know, not everything in the Psalms is a command, uh, you know, a directive. It's, you know, po- the poetic language sometimes is is that that's what it is poetic and actually that's a good point even with your example it's also what's appropriate not that not to be like shouting is inappropriate but i was gonna you made me think of this you know my youth pastor i remember in youth group uh, on a wednesday night and he did this but just saying the first time he did he he you know sometimes maybe we would kneel or something but he was like prostrate on the ground all the way down i remember thinking like that looks weird (laughs) But then, you know, that really spoke to me, and I was like, can, yeah, almost like that same question. Is he worthy? Like, Matt, can you do that? And and we should. Maybe if you've never tried that in worship, maybe that's something to try. But I would say on a Sunday morning, if you just did that, that could potentially be distracting to somebody, so it may not be appropriate. There may be the right moments to do it. So even, say, shouting. I remember a lady in church we grew up with, totally loved the Lord, and she she would get real excited, and she would shout sometimes. But sometimes it was like, it was distracting. And, you know, the pastor would just say something to her like, hey, you know, can you? And she received it because she loves the Lord. She's not trying to be distracting. Mm-hmm. And if he said that to her, then she's like, oh, okay, she just took it. Yeah. Um, and so maybe there's something to be said about that, too. Part you know? of me thinks, too, like in regards to this series, you know, Out of the Shallows, going deeper, you know, all of us, like you said, Pastor Todd, uniquely cr- created in the Lord uniquely being grown in our unique directions and so you know what god asks of one person may be different than what he asks of another person um and i'm just thinking about like oh dude i just lost my train of thought it was like this idea of you know me growing in this direction is leaning into you know being silent or me growing in this direction is leaning into the possibility of of, of shouting unto God, but mm. yeah, dude, I just lost my train of thought, and it was like, sorry guys, bummer salad. Man, think about it. Think I, about I, it. I, I hear about what you're saying, though. Bit, yeah, it could be different where God is trying to grow you. Again, maybe a level of what's appropriate, but also, I mean, myself, yeah, no, yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, you, no, well, you were th- I, it. The thought came from something you said about uh, about um. Receiving a command. No, about um, <laughs> what's appropriate. About what's appropriate. That maybe it can be appropriate in a public setting, but sometimes it's not, or not at the right time in that public. If if Pastor Jeff's in the middle of preaching and you decide to prostrate yourself, get up from your seat, prostrate yourself, because I have to worship the Lord, that's inappropriate. That's wrong. You're not worshiping the Lord. You're being a distraction. Mm-hmm. So sorry, that's I don't know why I just thought <laughs> just through that. Just in case some there. someone's listening to this, they were like, "Man, I'm about I was about to do that on Sunday. I'm glad I just stopped them." <laughs> sorry, mm, yeah, make it fun. Um, hey, no, you're about to say something. No, I think going kind of like a, a little bit against what you said about how it's not a command <laughs> in the Psalms. 
it isn't in, in English, but in Spanish, like, and it just clicked in my brain. In the Psalms, like, all of the Psalms are, like, not all of them. A lot of them are written in commands. So, like, in Psalm 98, 4, it says, Aclamen alegres al Señor, habitantes de toda la tierra. So, um, shout to the Lord, Amen. all the earth. And so, like, ah, I just clicked in my mind that, like, in Spanish church, like, they're always, like, commanding that we shout. And I'm like, I don't want to shout. Like, this isn't <laughs> what I want to do. But it's You're because, like, yeah. like, but for them, like, the <laughs> Psalms are literally written in, like, the command form of the verb. Like, mm. there's a command mm. form and then there's you know, not a command form. And so it's just so interesting to me. Anyway, that's a side note. Thought. That's a so like, that's why in other thought. cultures, like it could, like it could be taken that this is a command. Like yeah, no, you're right. Amer- we could be just Americans being lazy. And, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying like, well, I don't, I, I don't want it to be a command. I'm just, I'm I did just, look up. I'm just being, right, so, I'm being, I'm being. So Pastor Matt's over here. What's the Greek say? Matt? This is Tell my, us. oh, let's go, go deeper guys. Go deeper, let's go deeper. I, I just got the Spanish. That's like five, five steps away from All right, Greek. So, oh, well, actually I could wait. I didn't look that up, but I could look that up really quick. But this is my dictionary of biblical themes. One of the resources I have on Lagos. So, I probably want to cross-reference this, but talks about shouting in different areas. So joyful shouting commanded. There are a bunch of verses here, um, but interesting note, with the exception of one, they're all in the Psalms or the prophets. So uh, Zephaniah 3.14, shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. So that doesn't sound... It sounds similar to Psalm language in that sense. So the one exception would be Joshua 6.5. It shall be when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet. Oh, so this is them circling uh, Jericho, actually, and they're commanded to shout. So that's what my one Bible dictionary says. I mean, I'd probably want to check if there are other ones. But so as far as it, that's how this dictionary quantifies it, I Mm -hmm. guess. Those are the, there are commands but like I said, I'm making a distinction that there, yeah, it's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Zephaniah, and Psalms. So, Greek for shout. <laughs> it's just going to mean shout. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. what they're going to do. Let's do it. I'm going to do it, though. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to find out. What's the one you just said in Psalm 98.4? Psalm 98.4. I'm, I'm looking it up. Do it. I just honestly looked up a random verse, so. Here we go. Shout. Okay, it's uh wait, sorry. Wait, you know you're all looking at me. I need I, just, I need a minute. I need it I, I don't hold on. No pressure. So what's the answer now? It's a verb. It's a verb. It means uh to cry, shout out, shout, raise the war cry. Raise the war cry. <laughs> yeah, wait. I'm trying to find uh, Where is it? Bible word study. Here we go. Yeah, cry, cry out, shout. It could also be translated or ha- is translated crying sound a sounding shout shout loud shout joyfully utter and rarely translated battle or alarm hmm. uh, in certain texts this is the nasb though this is really cool actually the software is like really awesome like so what i'm doing right now is i'm looking at the word in that psalm the hebrew word mm-hmm. and it's telling me how it's translated and anywhere else it's translated in the NASB, this Hebrew word is also translated as cry in certain passages in the NASB, blah, 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 blah. So then I can look up um, in other translations. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, and it's all right here in a computer. Like you used to have to flip through books to find this. Yeah, it's so. pretty crazy. Anyway. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think I at some point just like 
veered us off. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's that's fine. Topic. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, Joshua, Joshua, they should shout. It's all in Joshua. Okay, well, anyway, sorry. I guess this, I don't so know, this is going anywhere. So we're just working out that, you know, the Bible verses that God is uh, working into our hearts. Yeah, we're, we're like, do we do we have to shout, though? Like, work out <laughs> what God's working in. Do I have to shout? Let's and I think that's what I, I think. I think that was the thing. That was the thing. So that, or now I think my, my thought, train yeah. of thought is coming back, is I think because God is growing us all uniquely differently, he may call you to do that and step out of which that which you feel comfortable because he's taking you deeper. You want to go deeper with the Lord? All right, great. Let's see if mm-hmm. let's see if you're if you let's see if you're if your identity if you want to clutch and root your identity in what you're not going to do as opposed to who I am. Mm. You know, so like I think those moments you know yeah, those moments I think are opportunities, you know, for God to to to, to grow you and take you deeper. Um and if you decide to, you know, hold on and say, well, God doesn't dot, 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 or I'm not going to dot, 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 um, you know, like God doesn't like in the sense of like, he's not going to make me do these things or move me. Like if you're kind of like very cemented in like this kind of, I don't say prideful posture, but like immutable posture, maybe that's mm-hmm. the better word. But like, I would just be careful of that because. He's worthy of all of it. He's worthy of silence. He's worthy of shouting. He's worthy of, you know, laying prostrate before him. He's worthy of kneeling. He's worthy of bowing. He's worthy of all of it. And if I think the ultimate thing is whatever he calls you to in that moment, even, you know, even if one of those things is be yourself, you know, (laughs) you don't have to get, you know, (laughs) you need to be obedient. That's the, that's the real thing. It was like being obedient to the vo- the voice of the Lord in those moments um because that to me is is both an experience and applied experience in the sense of you being obedient yeah mm-hmm. yeah and even maybe tying it a little bit too like a deep faith is one that is exercised I didn't well I guess I kind of said this at the altar call I, w- I was going to say more about it but I felt like I didn't have to but sometimes that's even the idea too is of physically changing your posture not because um now you're worshiping God more or something like he's receiving it better. Sometimes it's about, it just represents your spiritual posture. Like what am I above getting on my knees? Let me get on my knees because it's reminding me of who I am before God. And so just that idea. And and that's what I said about the altar call and coming forward. And, and I was gonna say too, you know, you don't, you don't have to come forward. You can, you can be right at your seat because coming forward doesn't change anything. It's just, it's the representation. So I don't, I'm not, um, making a metaphor of, exp- of ways to express worship, but I'm saying maybe in a way to connect it, sometimes maybe that can be important too in that sense. But yeah, those are all, all different postures of worship though that we can grow in. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, um, here's another question, kind of a different type of thought, or again, just throw it at you guys. You know, we don't have to talk too much about it if you don't have a lot of thoughts on it. But when I said work out what God is working in, you know, um, think is a great summary to what Paul said and um, I just said you know don't wait to do this if we wait we'll only get in the way of what God wants to do in and through us so again I was just thinking like if I heard someone else preach this um, (laughs) what I would think to myself so maybe you don't wrestle with this or or this doesn't matter or whatever but I was just thinking oh well do you agree with that can you get in the way of what God wants to do in and through you almost like doesn't God work in spite of us? Like, what if I'm not like, can can I do that? Or even the idea of like, can I miss 
oh, hey, God wants you to reach out to somebody. God wants you to do this. Work out what God's working in. Well, what if I don't? Uh, I'll just do it next time. Or like, can you miss what God has for you? What does that even mean? Like, I don't know. I, I just was throwing a different thought from what I said. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. This is a tricky question. And I say that because growing up, it was always like, if you don't do it, who will? That person yeah. may die and go to hell and you missed it. And that, and sometimes I'm like, <clears throat> I, I have mixed feelings about that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, well maybe that's right. And then like, well, is God depending on me a whole lot more than he should? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like uh, I think God knows who I am, you know. So so I don't know. That's a really tricky question because I think there is times when we don't respond right away, uh, kind of, which was kind of your tech context of that, that we do get in our own way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, I'll, I'll, uh, this was a really good message. I'm, I'm going to go home and think more about it. And then that think more about it never happens or mm-hmm. i gotta think about how how i can actually respond whatever and then that doesn't happen but then there's times where like well i need to respond now because um i don't know how else but but mm-hmm. not getting in our own way like yeah. you said yeah like there's times where like um if i don't respond now i won't yeah but yeah. then there's times when i do need to sit on something and think about it yes you know? so so yes. i don't know i feel like it's it's like a i don't want to say situational because that no but i hear what you're saying and i never want anyone to feel this way because i hate the feeling of just being manipulated or feeling like well if you don't do it now then you don't care then you don't love god and sometimes you're right you do need sometimes you need to process it but a lot of times that's just an excuse to not make a change <laughs> or, or we, or we mean well, but then we don't process. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll think about this later. And then well, you just don't. And or I'm thinking about the stuff that I have to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, I got to go make sure I'm ready for kids church starting. So I'll, I'll come back to this in a little bit when really it could be, all right, well, you already took care of kids church stuff. So let it go for a second and trust that God's got you with that mm-hmm. so that you can respond now to, you know, like there's, I don't know. Maybe there's not a cut and dry answer for that. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I also think, though, that God can use our missed opportunities. Um, obviously, God can do anything. But just thinking on myself personally, like there's been times when I know, like without a shadow of a doubt, that God was telling me I had to do something and I didn't do it. And I s- super regretted that. Um, but God allowed for me to not miss that opportunity again another time. Like, for example, um, I remember being in high school in math class and I knew that God wanted me to talk to this girl behind me um about jesus these guys were saying all this stuff about her she was always you know with all these different guys and so they were all just like making fun of her and i knew that i was supposed to tell her that she was worthy that like the lord loved her that he had a purpose for her like i knew exactly what i was supposed to say but i didn't do it and i had i had that day i had the rest of the semester i had another year i could have said it but i didn't do it and so i think about that and like it sucks that i missed that opportunity but i know that like that feeling um, kind of pushes me not to have that happen again. Mm. And I know that's like, that's in terms of ministry. Like, uh, of course we could be talking about anything here that God's telling us to do and like not missing experiences or missing opportunities. I mean, but that's something for me personally that God like use, uses our missed opportunities to push us to not have that happen again. Mm -hmm. I don't know, personally. Yeah. That's a good thought. Yeah. I think it's hard to, this is, you know, this question feels like a Calvinistic trap. So, <laughs> e, <valid. laughs> so um, you know, 
I'll just yeah, that's how it feels. Um, I guess my feeling about this idea is uh, the question is, can you get in the way of what God is doing? I think when it comes to yourself, you can. Um, or you can get in the way of what God wants to do. You can get in the way of what God is, you know, uh, wants to accomplish in your life, I think, you know, by choosing to not, you know, or like you said, miss the opportunity, miss the opportunity. Are missed opportunities wasted? I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't think so. So, you know, I feel like there's a tension here. Like, it's like, can I get in the way of something that God is trying to do in my life? I absolutely can get Mm -hmm. in the way of something that God is trying to do in my life. Um, Is it wasted? You know, I don't think so. I think God uses those moments to shape and mold us. Um, um, but at the same time, I do think we sometimes kind of get in the way or get in our own way. Maybe that's the best way to put it. I think about, um, the rich young ruler, you know, uh, came to see Jesus, you know, he asks him, rabbi, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know, um, okay, well, you know what? Here are the commandments. All right, great. Jesus, I've been doing that since I was a boy. All right. One thing you lack, go and sell everything that you have and come and follow me now. Talk about somebody who had an opportunity to go deeper. Hmm. You know, Jesus is making a call to this this guy. Hey, listen, come and follow me. Come and be my disciple. The Bible says he went away sad because he was a man of great wealth. So he made a choice. And I think, in my personal opinion, put himself in between what God was trying to do in his heart and life. Is it wasted? I don't think so because I feel like... Um, Jesus used that story to teach us. No, I was going to say that. So, you know, he used that story to teach us and remind us um, that we all, that we oftentimes both subconsciously and consciously make the same decision as the rich young ruler. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's a great reminder um, because ultimately too, ultimately, too, like we don't know what, what the rest of the story is with that guy. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's on purpose, but... Um, you know, uh, for us, maybe the challenge is managing that tension between seeing missed opportunities uh, as like the fi- like some sort of finality. When I don't think I don't think that they are a finality on who we are, or like an indictment uh, mm-hmm. upon our spiritual wall. Yeah, that's that's really good um, perspective that you guys are saying. I think of uh, of um, both Jonah and Esther just in my head, like mm-hmm. if, as far as biblical biblical people as well esther being like you know mordecai says to her well if you don't you know god will get someone else to mm-hmm. in one sense um he's gonna move and he wants to use you so y- you can be used or not and i also think of jonah who really did didn't want to do that god still used him anyway but he was miserable the whole time and maybe if he you know went along with it he would have had a great time but because he was resisting god used him anyway so like yeah, instead of making some kind of rule like that, I think you guys offer great perspective. But I just wanted to say that too. I thought I thought of those stories. But you have something you're gonna sh- well, share? Well, no, I was just thinking kind of like we were saying. It's it's like a really tricky question because how much is God sovereign, mm-hmm. and He's going to do what He's going to do, which He is. But then, how much do we have a responsibility, you know, to be in that like? 
like with the elections coming up, some people would be like, well, why should I bother vote? God's going to have whoever wants an office in office. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? And then there's other people who are like, no, as a Christian, you have a responsibility mm-hmm. to play a part to shape our nation. You know, so so it's like I feel like it's that same type of question, like mm. like um, and I don't have a clear cut answer for that. But I think there's definitely the aspect that God is moving and he chooses to use people to move and sometimes if we're not cooperative he finds somebody else and sometimes if we're not cooperative then then it's not that his complete plan is undone but maybe there is something he would have loved to have seen happen he's like okay you're not gonna cooperate then i'm gonna move somewhere else you know yeah but i feel like too and this is just maybe this is a question for another day but like do we see or hear about you know fish moments in people's life like who decided to not do what God had had put in front of them. And all of a sudden they have a fish moment by that. I mean a massive detour that kind of like really puts them at like the feet of the feet of Jesus where they're like, all right, I guess I'll do this, that, and a third. I want to answer that question by saying, no, I feel like I don't hear that as much. I feel like, from experience in my life and from people I know, I want to say generally you just kind of miss it and then you deal with, uh, I think Tara's a great example. I think a lot of times those things stick with you. Hopefully it's motivation for next time. But as I'm saying that, I think of a blueprint conference once and I don't remember this guy's name. You, I don't know. You may remember or not, but he was a pastor. He was speaking and I, Rebecca and I loved him because he had like no fluff. Uh, That's what I remember about him. He just was like talking but he had this whole thing, uh, I guess not quite the same, but his whole story was he was preaching at his church and everyone said, man, you, you'd be great. You know, you'd be great if you were the pastor around here. And, um, you know, he started getting a big head about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a better preacher than the pastor. I'm better. And he said, eventually, <laughs> God, I guess this isn't the same thing, but sorry, this is just what I thought of. He had a stutter. He developed a stutter and he said it got so bad. He, his family was aggravated with him. He couldn't, he could. He felt like he couldn't speak normally to his family. He was like, "I just." He's, his his oh prayer God. became, "God, I just want to tell my family I love them and I don't want them to be frustrated with me anymore. I don't care if I never preach again." He said it was like it was maybe like oh two gosh, years I'm or three so years. Sure. I know it's so intense, and he said then it went away. And and there he is preaching, telling us about this. And I remember being like, "Whoa!" And that was more about his attitude, I guess, rather than like God gave him a command and he didn't listen. And I'm telling a personal story. Just so, just to your question. His story would be probably a yes to that. But when I think of other people, I feel like by and large, it's probably like, well, no, I don't remember having that fish moment a lot of times. I think some people would just along the lines of that people, some people would probably throw some sort of like sickness into that, like in general, like Mm -hmm. sickness usually is their fish moment that kind of like hits them with some sort of 180. But I have a hard time believing that God hold on gotta be careful here i struggle with every sickness being something that god has put in somebody's life yes to teach them the lesson. yes so i you know i don't know if i would go that far to say that um but i mean i guess if it's somebody else's story i I really don't have any room to say yeah say that either so i don't know but maybe people would equate their fish moments to some sort of tragedy or sickness in their family. Sorry. Pastor, I, I would say we're definitely tempted to at the very, I think yeah. it's, you want to, for sure. You want to say the reason I have this sickness is because God's trying to teach me something. Cause now there's a reason and a purpose to it. And once you learn the lesson, 
the sickness will go away. We definitely want to believe that. And I'm not saying yeah. that is never true, but I think as humans, we want that. Well, sorry, what were we going to say? No, I, I was just thinking like, and I, I don't remember specific missionaries, but part of me thinks um, we've had missionaries come in and say, I ran from God mm-hmm. and God brought me back. He didn't let me run away. And he brought me back to the point like I, I had a calling on my heart to be a missionary, but then I went my own way and then God brought me back to it. So I, I don't know if that's necessary. And I wish I could think of specifics, but I I know I've heard that. <laughs> and I think we've heard some missionaries here speak that, but I don't, I don't remember specific ones. But I don't know if that's more along the lines of what you're talking about, where like like god i don't want to say like arrange things mm. but kind of arrange things mm. to bring them to this point where they're like yeah now i'm back on track with what god wanted for my life and i'm good with that and then so to take it for a step further if that is the case how come he just doesn't do that all the time you know like that's my because he, he got he do what he wants to do but 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 you, you know um um but you know what i'm saying like yeah, like no, if I that do. would it like because I feel like if that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you, like, because I think sometimes in my mind, I'm like, man, if I if that happened in my life, I probably would pause and say, you know what? Maybe I need to uh, maybe I need to take my behind the Nineveh and stop playing games. You know, like yes. that that would <laughs> jump into my brain. But I, I don't well, know. Like, it, I, it I also be, as a parent, just a parent perspective, I do get tired of having to tell my kids the same thing. So sometimes, uh-huh. <laughs> so sometimes I am just like, you know what, you learn. Like, yeah, and I, in my brain, I say like, you know what, you're gonna learn whether you're gonna learn through trial, yes, or through growth, like maturity. You'll eventually learn. So sometimes my posture as a parent is sometimes like, you know what, you're gonna have to eat that consequence. And then sometimes as a parent, it's like, you know what, I'm going to give grace because I believe you have to grow into an understanding of this. So I wonder. You know, our Heavenly Father doesn't maybe have the same, a greater perspective of that, you know. Yeah, I'm really glad that you bring that perspective in because that that probably is the right perspective of of God. Yeah, like when it comes to your kids, but I'm not a parent, but like there are times that probably, it doesn't matter how they feel, you're getting in the car, you know. Mm -hmm. There are other times, like you said, they have to eat the consequence and and they'll learn. That's I asked them to do this, they didn't. And then there are other times where, dad i'm sorry i missed it i'm sorry hey you know it's okay that's fine yeah it would have been cool but that's all right there's nothing i'm not mad at you Mm -hmm. you know and maybe that's a good perspective to bring in too and just just to bring in like so we don't wrap it up nice and neatly in a 30 minute sitcom thing there's times where like we tell our kids and they don't learn and they don't learn from experience and and there's times that we've absolutely done that with her parents <laughs> you know what i mean and they're like man i wish todd would get it you, you know what i mean but but and there's even when those moments with our heavenly father man where we just don't get it and no matter why he's like come on come on come on and we don't learn but he's still gracious with us you know and mm-hmm. and um actually last week in children's church kind of relates I'm, I'm gonna make it relate um <laughs> we were talking about lazarus and how, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was Wednesday night because we're doing like spooky stories from the Bible and how God raised the dead, mm. you know? So, <laughs> so um, you know, it. with Halloween, you know, whatever, don't be afraid. Um, so it was Lazarus and like um, <clears throat> his, his sisters wanted Jesus to come. They had a plan for Jesus and Jesus didn't, he didn't come. Mm. 
But that's because he saw the bigger picture and the plan he had to use the fact that his death was being would bring him some glory. And so sometimes I wonder if the reason why, here we go, here's my connection. I wonder if sometimes God allows us to go whatever because he sees a bigger picture. And even though we would want our kids to respond now, maybe he's looking at us and saying, listen, I'm going to let you go down this path because in the end, there's going to be this moment where you realize even more so how good I am or, or how loving I am or, or that I really do know what I'm talking about as God. And when I say this is the better, you know, like that's not every circumstance by any means, but I just wonder if sometimes like when we're, when we're trying to, um, uh, like why doesn't God always bring us back or have those big moments, you know, when we see them or we don't see them because maybe because God has seen the bigger picture and he realizes, okay, you know what? He's not going to respond. And so I need to just let him go. And sometimes I think God does that with people. You know? Yeah, it is. It, like you said, Pastor Jamal, it is a tension. And that's, no, sorry, you, you're like, I don't wrap it up like a sitcom. Like, I always want to do that. I just want to be like, well, and here's the way to understand it. But, uh, <laughs> but that that is the Christian walk in that sense is we want the answer. Yeah. We want to know why or what's the reason or this is how it will work out. Sometimes it does work that way. Yeah. Sometimes God gives you an answer. Sometimes it's nice and clear. Sometimes it's not. And that's faith. I guess what <laughs> faith, that that's the journey of faith that yeah. we are on in this life. That we trust him even when things don't wrap up neatly in a bow, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, so I'm sorry. That's just why I bring that in there because I think sometimes um, it can be really disappointing when we think now that we're a Christian, everything should be yeah like pretty and it's not, yeah you know, but that doesn't mean that in the end, God doesn't make it beautiful mm-hmm. because the moment when we stand before him and we're in heaven and things are as it should be, not according to how, what we say should be, according to where our Heavenly Father says it should be. And we have that moment. In that moment, it is going to be beautiful. It is going to be, but we o- we don't always get to experience that this side of heaven. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes we do, and that's an incredible blessing. And sometimes the blessing is our faith is growing uh, because we're learning about God. We're taking that in. We're having these experiences. Here we go. I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, try to wrap back in. We're having these experiences, and then we're living it out even in a hard world. You know, but sometimes that's that's this side of heaven. That's what it is. And that can be a beautiful thing to learning how to walk out faith. But ultimately, there is heaven where, you know, God's got it perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just so reminded, like, kind of what you're saying, that, like, God uses each each and every time and season that we're in. And, like, personally, I said this a million times to you guys, but it's pretty annoying that I am not where I'm supposed to be right now. And like I itinerated so quickly and like God provided all of that so quickly. And, and then I was supposed to be going to Costa Rica. I was in Costa Rica and I was supposed to be there for eight months, but I was there for a year and I'm supposed to be in Paraguay now. But like, like a lot of people that are probably listening, like God kind of this year has been a little crazy for everyone. Um, but it's just been even like after hearing uh, pastor Matt's sermon this Sunday, I was just reminded of, the time that we have that we can really like dive into the word with extra time that we have, like maybe we are working from home or maybe we are um, able to have more time like to be learning and working and watching that um, right now media, some great stuff on there. <laughs> little, little uh, what's it called? A plug. You know, plug. Yeah. Um, but, but I've just been so reminded of like this extra time is not to be 
waste it um, or whatever season that we're in. Like God is is personally using it like crazy in my life um, right now. And and I just encourage you guys to continue to work out your faith as well. That's great. Great place to wrap it up. So, um, yeah, some really great stuff. Great thoughts, guys. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to say somebody texted me during this uh, or after church yesterday. It was just was funny. They were like, you know, they were like in your message. I was looking up uh, the Greek word for workout. And then at the exact moment is when you said, and the Greek word for working out is this. And it means workout. Stop looking up the Greek and do something. <laughs> they texted me like, LOL, you got me. I'm like, oh, you know. Shoot, that's hilarious. I was like, well, I was thinking like that's what I would have done. So I would have I been like, you know what? You ran with this whole illustration. This isn't This isn't in there. And then, oh, there it is. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it just was funny. But, uh, yeah, so anything you guys doing this weekend with uh, – you know, holidays coming up. See anybody going anywhere? I don't know. Maybe can't do that. I don't, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I'm, have. Uh, I'm painting. Yeah, oh. painting. <laughs> oh wait, I'm thinking this week. It's next weekend, but we yeah, we've got the drive-in, kids drive-in. Yeah. So yep. Friday night. Yeah, we're gonna do the kids drive-in. Uh, all families are welcome to come, but only sixth grade and younger are getting a bag of candy. So mm-hmm. if you're oh, over sixth grade, some of you. Some of you 40 and 50 year old pastors. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's old enough, but I don't want to say that. But who always wants candy from the candy bin? Uh, you can't have any. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we got goodie bags. Sorry, that was just a rambling thing. Um, I'm just gonna take some from my kids. So, <laughs> like, hey, who drove you here? Whose car are you sitting in? It's called taxes. <laughs> that's yeah, fine with me. Yeah. Listen, that's listen, that's fine with me. Um, <clears throat> you know, but you can't. Uh, anyway, so we're gonna do the movie. It's it's Jet. I'm sorry, Rocket Pack Jack. Um, it's a it's a it's a Christian film. It's about fifty something minutes long, fifty fifty one, fifty two something like that. Um, and I'm planning on having uh, some popcorn, you know, that I can hand out that are pre whatever, so it's nice and clean and safe. And and then at the end, every kid will get a bag of candy, and I think it's gonna be fun. Nice, yeah. yeah. And, it sounds and, fun. And we don't have to worry about it being canceled for any COVID reasons because we'll just say it's an outdoor service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, we're good. So. I know this is taboo, but are you guys, uh, you know, dressing up for Halloween? I know that's a... Or harvest day. <laughs> what do you, what do you call I don't it? celebrate any harvest fests. Okay. <gasps> Same thing. Talk about being burned. You know how many, Ooh, you know, you know how many times my friends would ask me to, like, go places and my parents were like, no, you have to be at the church for the harvest fest. I'm like... I, I hate this everything in me so ah. no uh, sorry that was okay I talk about tangents okay <laughs> yes Rebecca and I want to be um oh wait I think she wanted to be secret but whatever wait, I don't no, know, no, I don't no, know don't who's going to be like sorry no no don't say it I'll see it I'll see you when you do it if your wife wanted it to be a secret marriage tip 107 don't say it yeah alright keep your mouth shut I didn't think she wanted to be a secret but then yesterday somebody asked her and she was like oh it's a secret so I'm like oh Okay. Yeah, you keep your mouth shut. Okay. Yeah, Especially after the podcast. Well, you guys Never should like it. I think way. you guys would all know what what it is from a movie. It, it, it's a I, memorable I, um, movie. May, may know. We'll, we'll see. You no, can I, don't, t- I don't know. If, oh, you, do you, you can tell us when we stop recording. Yeah, our family's dressing up as Into the Spider Verse. So. Nice. Oh, it's gonna be sorry. so cool. My wife, uh, for the past few years, man, she's just been 
Dude, you guys have been killing it. Yeah, Black you're Panther getting, yeah. that one year. Oh, dude. Amazing. Yeah, that was so good. I don't know if it was last year. But. Last year we were T Titans Go. Oh, yes. Yeah. So yo, every year. Oh. We it was it was actually spot into the I told my wife when we did Teen Titans Go, like when we got done, she was like, Oh man, it's so much work. I'm like, Yeah, you know, you put a lot of effort into it. She's like and I said to her, I was like, We need to be thinking about what we're gonna do next year now so that you're not scrambling there you last, go. Minute, yeah. last minute yeah. and i said last year i was like we should do into the spider-verse and she was like okay that's that's fine this year we introduced our kids to avatar the last airbender and we Ooh. almost had an, we almost had an upset in the fourth quarter because mm. tahani was like oh i could be katara daddy you could be appa because you're big i'm like yeah <laughs> thanks but like but appa is he is the goat though he is, um he is. but so we almost had a you know upset there and phyllis was like well, what am i gonna do to get all this stuff i'm like i said we should do this and have it locked in now mm. excuse me so we wouldn't be in this position she was like oh yeah you're right you're right we'll, <laughs> st we'll stick with that so yeah nice okay. and went out and she's almost she's almost done with all the costumes so. yeah i've done costumes before and i'm not against them i'm just a little too lazy <laughs> i see i see and and you know what i have walked around I have walked around, looked at costumes. Um, um, they don't always make them in my size. Hey. So sometimes it's hard to find something easy to purchase. And wear. Here you go. This is what I did for a few years. Batman shirt, Batman cape, I have Batman, a Batman mask. Shirt. Boom. I have That's a Batman it. Hey, you kill it with the Despicable Me. What's his face? You did oh, we did. Yeah, good. we did it one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where I was Groot. What's his name? Groot. Groot. Yeah, Groot. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. And I had the bald head to go with it. Which when you said Star. Avatar, I'm thinking, man, I can just paint a blue arrow. Bro, you, <laughs> you do, dude. You, you can get away with it, man. Have a bow staff with you, maybe, maybe, wow. maybe, maybe. So you, Tara. Guys, I have no idea. So if anyone has any idea for a costume, let me know. Wonder <laughs> Woman comes out this year, or oh wait, dude, I'm not know. trying to be cold on Halloween. That's the thing. No, no, I but she's got that armor look true. now. Yeah, the new yeah, one. True. Yeah. With wings too. Got I don't know what that's about. With wings. Wings. Is it gold? I'm yeah. all about making my costume, like not not sewing it. Like I'm, I wish I was on Phyllis's level, but just like getting stuff together mm. and using. Tara's what I have. gonna cosplay. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, I probably think won't disclose could, it either. Yeah, I don't know. I love like showing up. And I think you should do some biblical costumes. Yeah. I like to talk about this yeah. because you got some pretty pretty cool biblical costumes. Who was the woman who drove the tent spike Deborah. to the guy's head? Deborah. Yeah. I think you'd make a good Deborah. Oh, and you can have like a judge's wig and gavel because she was a judge. Um, look at that. There you go. <laughs> there you go. The tent the spike. Costume. People would be like, hmm, what's, what's that? I'm a judge. I'm a judge. Deborah the judge. Yeah. No. I mean, you could be David with Goliath's head. I could. <laughs> you, I very well could. You know, you we could always do. leave out that part. I want you to be that part. <laughs> I'll be David, I'll be Goliath's head. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I told Rebecca, I was like, no, you could be uh, get an Ewok from Star Wars, like Endor, yeah. and then be a witch and just carry the Ewok with you because you're the witch of Endor. That's it. Dude. Boom. <laughs> Halloween biblical. See, at me. Don't at me. That's what I'm saying. And now you're. And now it's like Bible and Star Wars. Dude, it's the best combination. I was like, if the, if she posted like the under forty page, they don't like everyone would be like, yo, all right, I see you. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they would represent. That's hilarious. So, all right, everybody. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us, um, Pastor Matt, Pastor Todd, Tara, and Pastor Jamal. Hey, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.